listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. If you're in the business of getting business, then this is the show for you. Each week, we bring you a perspective from somebody in professional services or business development or the field of helping professionals get more business. And I try to bring people with different perspectives each week. And today, we have a unique perspective through the lens of technology. Our topic for today is how to leverage technology to build and strengthen client relationships. And our guest is Hanan Landa. Hanan is the founder and CEO of Optimal Networks, which is a globally ranked IT services firm. Hanan's company provides IT services to law firms. He's been doing this for nearly three decades, and he's the author of The Modern Law Firm, How to Thrive in an Era of Rapid Technological Change. Now, if you're not in the legal industry, there are still some really good ideas that are going to help you because, as always, a lot of the principles and premises that govern success in business development are malleable across different industries. Make sure you check out the show notes so you can link with Hanan and check out his website. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Today, we're talking about technology with our guest, a friend of mine, Hanan Landa. Hanan, thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Great. So I've interviewed you before on a previous podcast that I did, and I know we've talked several times, so I really understand your business. But tell those on the show today, I'll tell you about the topic, everyone. It's leveraging technology to attract, delight, and retain clients. But tell us about your background. What did you do when you get started in the world of work, and what are you doing today? Wow. Well, when I got started in the world of work was when I came out of uh, Wharton Business School and in the entrepreneurship program and literally just started this IT business uh, that I'm still running today, 30 years later. And uh, the name of the company is Optimal Networks. And uh, we've been helping our clients literally for three decades with their technology. We have a very strong focus in uh, law firms, associations, small business. And um, does that help? It's been 30 30 years (laughs) I've been doing this. I got nothing else. (laughs) That's right. That's great. Well, well, this is exciting. And I think What I've seen just with this crisis itself, that there have been opportunities that have come about because of technology. And that's what we're talking about today, leveraging tech to attract, delight, and retain clients. Tell us about this pandemic. How has this been opportunity and a unique opportunity for people in business to evolve? So my favorite quote actually is from uh, Microsoft's CEO, Satya Nadella. He said said that we have seen two years worth of technology adoption in two months with the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And you really see it. You know, the the companies and the, the law firms and everyone else who was who were forward-leaning and had already, like, adopted uh, good mobile strategies and things like that, they picked up, they went home, they were ahead of the game, they were working, they did not go dark. Yeah. And the ones that had not leaned into technology, they struggled. Yeah. They struggled. You saw people not being able to work for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then barely stumbling back back together to be able to serve their clients. I was very fortunate. Our clients were ahead of the curve, and, and um, most of them just picked up and went home. And it was more about the furniture yeah, than, it right. was, than it was about the computing, which was wonderful. And I'd even heard that some people that were down in Louisiana because of the previous 
natural disasters with hurricanes where they had to do that. They had to pivot virtually. They actually had an edge just because they'd done it before with the hurricane. And, and, and Miami, too, with the hurricanes. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. And so I think, listen, the pace of technology change is and has been increasing exponentially. And it has been one of those things that we've sort of been watching. And those of us in the technology industry have been, we know it, like we always have to sort of stay ahead, but the pace is faster and faster and faster. And I actually thought that, you know, I I wrote a book recently, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, but I actually thought that I'd be spending most of the time explaining to people what exponential growth means. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have to because the pandemic came along and everyone now knows what it means when a virus is is growing exponentially. So this pandemic was sort of a wake-up call for people. Mm -hmm. And it said, hey, guys, you got to adopt this technology. You need it. And it's now going to be more important than ever before. So a phenomenal opportunity for people across the board to lean into the change, to get ahead of the change, to understand that technology will always change and that they can use it as an advantage to get clients, to retain clients, to serve clients better across the board. And tell me about that. I kind of love the idea when you talk about getting new clients. I mean, I get really excited wee, whenever I hear, <laughs> let's get new clients. Wee. So tell me about that. What are some of the new business opportunities that you think come from technology choices? So let me set the framework for this. Before the pandemic, these are statistics from before the pandemic. Okay. Literally two-thirds of the buyer's journey happened digitally. So you got people who would surf the web, check reviews, read online, go to websites, do a lot of work before Mm -hmm. they picked up the phone and they called you. And this is before, before the crisis, right? Yeah, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you think after the during the pandemic, as it is, yeah, it's close, much closer to a hundred percent. Yeah, or, right. you know, maybe ninety or ninety-five. I don't have the statistics, but you got people going with technology all day long, and that means that if you're marketing technology, in other words, your your outbound emails, your social media, your website, if that's not reflecting who you are and what you bring to the table, you're going to miss out on opportunities to get new clients. And when I say miss out, you won't even know you're missing out, hmm. right? Because they drop off. Right. If they go and they check, like 83% of people will start their search, say, for an attorney by checking reviews. So let's say they go to the online reviews and they say, wow, this guy seems fantastic. And then they go to your website and it's a clunker. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't load and they can't find what they want. They, it's tough to, to click on the contact us button, right? And so on and so forth. They're going to be like, what is this? Hello. Right. I, I can't work with this. And, and they're going to move. You know, we've, we've all become that type of, of consumer. So that's, that's even before they talk to you. Mm-hmm. Then you got the whole, all right, now we're, we're engaged in discussions with a prospective client. And how are, are we being responsive? Are we showing them, like, do we know what they need and what they want? And can we work with them in a way that is collaborative, fast, responsive, connected? And if we can, if we can do that, it's a game changer. And it's not just for the prospect, prospective client, but it's also for your existing clients where you can use technology to 
to really become part of their organization and give them an experience like they've never seen. Can I give you an example on this? Yeah, I was just going to ask for one. Yeah. How have you seen that in your work and working okay. with law firms? And, so, and everybody that's listening, by the way, this applies to everybody, not just the legal industry, but everybody. Without a doubt. So we're we're a big fan of Slack. You know, we have mm-hmm. lots of clients who use Teams. We're good with Teams, but we we internally we use Slack. And my attorney and my marketing company and my social media company have taken on a um, to be inside of our Slack channel. Mm-hmm. So so let me explain to you what that means to me. Mm-hmm. I communicate with everybody in my company very quickly with you know, threads and texts. And uh, we have little channels where we work on projects together. Now you're my attorney and you're in one of those channels with me going back and forth on documents. How does that feel compared to an attorney who is going back and forth with me via email, which I barely use anymore? Right. It's almost like you're in my company. That's interesting. It's a whole different experience. Do you think that this has changed expectations of clients that are looking to get professional services have have all of a sudden they've seen this is just how it is. Their expectations are increasing now. Here's my take on this. You know how when uh, we order food from Uber Eats? Right. uh, We all do this, right? Mm -hmm. We sit there and we're we're tracking our food. See where it is. We want to know where it is. We want to know when it's coming. We are like now so picky that if our food is five minutes past the promised time, we're complaining. Yeah, right. Well, what is that, right? That's ridiculous. If you think of like, if you zoom out and you think about it in context, it's sort of ridiculous. But that is that is how consumer centric folks have gotten. And I believe that that because we're all sitting at home, because we've been working at home for a year, most of us, I think that has translated into the business place. And your expectations for responsiveness are much, much higher than they were in the past. So let's just say somebody's listening to this and they're part of a big organization and they don't really have control over the technology, but they see the opportunities here. What do you think they should do? What should they be telling their, their leaders about their IT people? What, what are some of the first things that come to your mind about the easy improvements that can be made within organizations? You know, there's a few elements of technology that, that you have to look at. It's, it's, oh, it's really a pyramid. So there's some basics and, one of the things I like to point out is, you know, many of us are working mostly at home, but we might go into the office every now and then. Mm-hmm. Is it easy for you to work at home and just as easy for you to work at the office? Right. Or did you just pick up all your work stuff at the office and take it home and now you can't work in the office, right? right. So this is, I know this is like, this sounds like a simple question, but if you're experiencing some some frustration in that regard or some, you know, some impediments, that's something to really focus in on because it means the basics aren't covered. You should be able to work seamlessly from anywhere because otherwise you've got drag. You've got efficiency drag, operational drag. You might have security problems. These are all like platform, like basic bottom level issues that you got to make sure are, are solved. Only once that stuff is solved can you start picking your head up a little bit and go to the next level, which is do you have the right software in place? Right. You know, and do you have a CRM? Are you able to track your contacts? Are you able to 
track your interactions with people, your follow-ups with people? Can you find your documents? You know, can you collaborate on your documents? One of the big things that seems to have gotten a lot of traction during the pandemic is this idea of co-authoring. Right. The fact that I can be in a PowerPoint at the same time as someone else in my organization, and we can fix it up together in like two minutes flat, as opposed to passing it back and forth via email. So these are sort of the things to, to think about. And then when you go another level up, you look at things like, do you have the data, right? right? Can, you, can you actually do re- reporting on it and see, hey, we talked to this many people, we only had interest from about 20% of them and only one became a client. Well, that was a worthless effort, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. And so I, I say this kind of, I'm, I'm giving it to you verbally, a, a good place to go is in my book, I, I laid out a whole sort of self-assessment on all elements, like a 360 of technology. And you can you can jump on and get it online. I'm happy to give you the- Oh, that's fantastic. We'll get that link and we'll put that link on the show notes. So yeah. people listening, you can get, and I'll even put the link for the book on the show notes. And I want to ask you about that here in just a second. But let me ask you this about exceptional customer service. I know that you've mentioned before that there are four different pillars. How do you think technology impacts those? Maybe we can kind of go over those. I think the first one is responsiveness. Is that right? You are you. You may have read my book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at least I put out that there's four real pillars here of customer service, of exceptional customer service, and we have to stop looking at technology as like a cost and an impediment and a and a drag, and we have to start getting ourselves to a point where we can use technology to fulfill excellent, exceptional customer service. So just mm-hmm. that's, that's the framework. The first one, the first pillar is responsiveness. So this is sort of the way I'm, I'm saying is like, let's, I'm not advocating that anyone work 24 seven, but can you, yeah. do you have the option? Right. If you're standing in a grocery line and waiting for a checkout and your client needs something quick, can you respond? Right. So do you have a thoughtful and intelligent mobile strategy that you can quickly get back to them? And that's just the reaction time or what I'd call the response time. But there's also an element of completeness, right? The quality of the work. So let me ask you this. Uh, Can I ask you for a second? So you you mentioned a mobile strategy. What does that mean? I mean, that sounds very techie. What does that mean exactly? Oh, (laughs) it means can you get your information anywhere you are? Like, in other words, I know it seems pretty obvious, but can you get your email on your phone? Can you get your documents on your phone? Can you connect with your colleagues on your phone, on your laptop, on your iPad, in your office, on wherever you are in a hotel, is your work at your fingertips when you want it? I'm not saying that you need to do it 24 by 7, but you have that on button that you can say, okay, I'm working now. I've got to respond to this client now. Yep. Got it. Okay, good. Understand. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, it does. Perfect. Yeah. And you know that, that it comes with intelligence security, of course. Probably I could stand up here and, and talk about security for an hour, but at least let me just... <laughs> hope that everyone has security like deeply built into all these things so then then the question is can you connect with other teammates of yours with other professionals in order to make sure that you're giving your clients a thoughtful intelligent complete response right so that would be responsiveness and that would be one pillar technology is primed to help you with this right right and then what about expertise you talk about that one as a pillar as well Right. Thanks. So that is the second one. And you're one person, but you've got a whole firm. 
Mm-hmm. You got a whole company full of professionals, full of people who have information. Do you have a way to bring that to the table for your client? It's a very different scenario if I'm a client and I'm just talking to one person versus I'm a client and I know that person can bring in other folks. Like maybe my attorney is not the M&A attorney, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but the fact that he can bring them in, that he can bring their expertise in and that they can build upon everything their firm has done is really, really important. And so a simple idea there uh, for a law firm and for actually lots of firms is a, is a document management system. So you know that every document that's been created by the firm is filed and indexed and you can search on it pretty quickly. So let me ask you this then, do you think within organizations, because you work with law firms mostly, do you think there are larger organizations that just haven't even thought through these things? Has that been your experience before? You have organizations at all sizes at every level of the technology curve. Yeah. I have seen very small organizations that have been way ahead, like really have thought this stuff through really well. And it helps them. It's a real competitive advantage. Right, right. And I have seen very large firms who are sucking wind. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, so yeah. And so tell me about results. You talk about... We have responsiveness, expertise. What about results as a pillar? So this is sort of interesting. I'll tell you a story about this. I have an attorney who I've been working with for a long, long time, and I love him to death. And he has a 100% win rate for every collections case I have ever asked him to, to work with me on. Wow. 100%. Yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I mean, I'm, I'm privileged that I don't have very many of them anymore. But back in my past, I had a lot more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But um, he's wonderful. I'll bet you he doesn't even know that. But if he was going to take on a new client and he was able to tell them, yes, of course, we get results. For example, we have Hainan here with Optimal Networks, who we've been serving for 30 years, and we have 100% win rate. Like, what does that do? And I know there's all sorts of marketing limitations on what a lawyer can say and cannot say to a prospective client. Right. But just the idea of actually being able to track and deliver, like deliver the results and track and work with your clients on a results basis rather than an efforts basis is something that I think is very powerful. And I think it's a powerful pillar of, of exceptional customer service. So tell me an example of this in terms of results. What what is a tech tool or a tech example that somebody's been able to to really track and demonstrate their effectiveness as a firm? So this is sort of weird. I actually don't believe there's much of this out there. I think this is a little bit new. I would be happy with a spreadsheet. Yeah. Literally, not everything has to be like enormously complex. I would love to see a spreadsheet of clients and matters and outcomes. Simple? Right. And I think that everything that can be measured over time improves. I think if people look at their funnel, because we actually have a funnel within our business where we look at the number of conversations, the number of meetings that we get, the number that actually convert to a candidate that wants to go forward, the submissions, the interviews, and then that all trickles down into the placements. And what I've seen is that if I can track that, 
Sometimes I even will show my clients, here's the spreadsheets that we use to track the data. I did a screen share last week mm -hmm. with one of my clients, kind of showing them, this, these are the technology tools we use in terms of managing the data, managing the information, and getting you the results. And I think that really, they didn't have any doubt that I could do well for them when they didn't, they didn't even see how the sausage was made. You know, they, they just saw the end result. But when I can show them, these are the results. This is how we manage all of our information. I think that gave them a little bit more insight into what I do and kind of further, it kind of made me closer to them because of that. It's, uh, it's a very, very powerful tool. I've, I've experienced this with a marketing company I use. We have it internally. We, we have moved over on our to Salesforce as a way to track client activity and a way to track our, our prospecting. And all of a sudden, we have charts and graphs and we can see what's happening and we can show that to our clients. Mm -hmm. And um, it is interesting to see in the world of, of law firms that that's becoming a little bit more commonplace. That's right. And the final pillar, innovation, tell me about that. How do we anticipate and prepare for these impending trends? Uh, innovation, there's two sides of this coin. Okay. Tell me about that. On one hand, you want someone, and I don't know if that's someone in your firm or if it's an outside party, it doesn't really matter, who is constantly looking at the evolution of technology because it's changing so quickly and bringing back to you what you can use to make it better. Right. Okay, like, like I just got a, a video thank you from someone hmm. and it was neat. It was all of a sudden, I got a link in an email and I clicked on it and it was him and his wife and they were full, full on my screen and they said, thank you. And it was touching. Yeah. That's cool. Like, you know, that's a, that's someone, someone thinking, thinking ahead a little bit on what technology they can use to make an impact. What kind of tool was that? What, what, like what uh, resource did they use to make that video? It was called loom.com. I haven't really gone into it. <laughs> yeah, I'll check that out. But they, they, their slogan is, if you're tired of Zoom, try a loom. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are tired of Zoom. But oh, anyway, I mean, we're actually doing this over Zoom. So what, what can I say, right? Yeah, well, but so it, it's something where you want to bring in innovation into your company. You want to continue to look for tools to make your internal efficiency better and your ability to serve the clients better. So that's one aspect of innovation. Right. The other aspect of innovation is take a look at your clients and take a look at what technologies might be coming down the pike for them. Interesting. And see what you can do with that. Like, I know if you're an attorney, you could, you could develop a practice area. Yeah. You know, we talk about it. Like, let, let me take it to the extreme. Let's look at Tesla's. Let's look at artificial intelligence. You know, like these cars, robotic cars. You know, if, if your clients are getting into this business, you could become the expert on all these different concerns that people have for lawsuits against robotic, you know, automatic cars. Right. It's a whole practice area you could pick up. And you could do this in any, in any business, like look at your clients and see what technologies are going to impact them. That would be a different element of innovation. I like that idea where you're now ahead of that trend. You always want to be ahead of the trend. You want to observe it, pay attention to the data, read publications, see what those trends are. And I like how you're able to kind of look at how does technology impact that? How can we, how can we be ahead of that curve? Yeah. And Hanan, tell me then, what would you summarize if there are three action steps people could take to kind of get started on these ideas and implement those? What would those action steps be? <sighs> three Three action items for you. I've actually been thinking about this. Here's what I would recommend. 
Mm-hmm. I would say, for one, and I think I mentioned this, think through whether you're working from home and working from your office is as easy. Both of them are as easy. And if they're not, start digging in on this, which I would say, look at your second action step, which would be go to my website and take this self-assessment. It won't take you long. It's 15 minutes. And it's not technical particularly. And if you start seeing that you got some major holes in your technology, whether it's on the foundation or whether it's on the software you're using, you probably need to start addressing it and addressing it firm-wide or company-wide. So you could go to the leadership. You could go to the IT people. That's between you and your culture and your company. But you can find out. If you're behind the curve, there are best practices out there for what this is. And we'll put that link on the show notes for the assessment. We'll get that from you and put that on there. So everybody listening, you can uh, go there. And so we can take the assessment. Any other action steps you can think of? Yeah, here's an interesting one. Bring your marketing folks into a conversation about your client service. Hmm. Because I think it will give you a different perspective. So if, if you're the one providing the service, talk to someone who's really focused on the market, the prospective clients how to get repeat business from your current clients and and talk to them a little bit about what they would what would really help them what kind of client stories would really help them what kind of client data would help them and i think it would actually do the job of of sharpening up your service like giving you some new angles on your service and ability to deliver it and it would probably help you help them get you some more clients that's a fantastic idea hinon I wish I could take full credit for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a, what's the a final action step people can take to get started on these ideas? Oh, come on, read my book. <laughs> go, go to my website. <laughs> That's terrible, right? That's okay, right. so uh, this is good. Well, t- uh, here's your commercial. Tell us about your book. Okay. And then what are some other resources that you have, other offerings that people listening to us today can can benefit from in terms of the work that you do, Hinon? Okay, I'll try to meant for, it was written for attorneys and firm administrators. I have found that it really applies across the board to professional services firms. It's called The Modern Law Firm, How to Thrive in an Era of Rapid Technological Change. I'll get you the the website. Read it. It's a quick read. It's fun too. Fantastic. And I have it on Audible and whatnot and and Kindle. And so it'll give you a nice way to, to think through this technology stuff, especially if you're bugged by it. The second thing is on our website, which is optimalnetworks.com, there are tons of blogs and tons of videos about everything from security to technology to the pandemic to, you know, and working from home and working from the office and re-entry. And there are lots and lots of resources there. And they're, they're all out there in the public. And any topic that catches your, your interest, I would encourage you to pursue. I would specifically recommend that if you're not comfortable with your security while working from home, that that is something you pay a little extra attention to, that we would see a lot of uh, a tremendous increase of cyber attacks. And it's very worrying for me because I don't see work work from home leaving us anytime soon. Right, That's right. That's absolutely true. Well, Hanan, we're going to put your link to your company with the resources, optimalnetworks.com. I'll put that on the site. We'll put the link to your book. And then also the assessment, we'll put that on there. And thanks for being a guest on the show. You've got some great content. I hope everybody listening can follow through on your advice. And thank you again for being here today, Hanan. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Rainmaking Podcast. 
For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. Thank you.